Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We come before you this morning. We humble ourselves before your glory. Thank you for this day, Lord, for this is the day you have made. We thank you for even this moment, Lord God, as we come before you, we pray that you release your glory in us. We thank you for your word, Lord God. We honor your word for you have exalted your word above your name. In Jesus' name, we pray that your word will create even as it is spoken. Use me to your glory, Lord. Use my lips to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's quite a wonderful season where we talk about becoming more called to become more, called to more. Uh, I'm really excited because that means God knows where we are and he knows where we are going. God knows we are, where we are today is not where we are supposed to be, but we are going on. Just like when you have a baby, it's exciting the first time the baby is born. You are excited, but you want them to grow. You want them to start to speak. You want them to start to walk. You want them to start to do things. So the same is our God when we come before him. We start off as babes. We start off as little ones, but we are expected to become more. We are expected to grow more and more, even in our prayer lives. We are excited to grow in our prayer. We could start off by saying, God bless our food, amen. But then you need to grow more and more and be able to talk to and be able to have a conversation with God. You know, when a baby is young, when you are talking to a baby, you you, you the baby will speak gibberish. You 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 also speak the way they are speaking. But at some point, you cannot speak to your 21-year-old daughter in the same way you spoke to them when they were only one year old. It will become strange. People will think you are, you are deluded somehow. But you, you, you as a parent, you are expecting your child to grow. So does God with us. He expects us to move from glory to glory, to move from where we were yesterday to today and from today to tomorrow and the day after. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's exciting. You know, it is so good to have leaders that know that we need a direction as a church and they come up with things like this, come up with series like this that will push us, that encourage us to become more than what we are. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to read the scripture uh, from the book of Genesis chapter 30. I, I actually get to talk, to talk about a, a character that I love so much in the Bible. I love Jacob. You know, I, I'll read a, one scripture, but then I'm just going to try and paraphrase the, the story so that you know where we are coming from. Now, chapter 30 of Genesis, verse 30 says, For what do I have... Sorry... For what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming, and now when shall I provide for my own house? When shall I provide for my own house? Now the story here is Jacob, Isaac had two sons. 
One called Esau, which was the older one, and then Jacob was the younger one. Jacob was very cunning. Jacob defrauds his brother of his birthright. And then he goes to flee before his brother because his brother was going to kill him. Now he goes to his uncle Laban, his uncle where his mother had come from. And on his way there, as he's fleeing from before his brother, he stays overnight at a place, a little place called Luz. And he gets tired and he sleeps, he does a sleepover or a layover as they do it these days when you're flying. He does a layover at this little place called Luz. And the Bible says he went to sleep and he took a stone and used it as a pillow. As he sleeps in that night, and the Bible says, and the, the heavens open up. And he sees angels ascending and descending. And he sees the Lord above the, 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 the ladder. And the Lord blesses him. And the Lord says, I am going to make you great. I'm going to make your children's children inherit this place where you lay today. You go where you are going. I'm going to go with you and I'm going to bring you back with great substance. Now Jacob wakes up and he says, the Lord is in this place. He changes the name of that town to a place from Lars to Bethel. He takes the very stone and anoints it with, oh we see an altar here right right in that moment he builds an altar and then he anoints that place and says for surely if the Lord will prosper me where I am going I am going to come back and give him a tenth now tithe comes back in there. I know some people say we don't teach about tithe anymore because it was out of the law. But right there tells you tithe was before the law. So he says, I will give you a tenth if you prosper me where I am going. So Jacob goes and lives with his uncle. Now an uncle is usually a hero. I don't know about you, my, but my father's brother, my, my mother's brother is a hero. You know, and I, I know, I see what Booth does with his, with, with his nieces and nephews. You know, so an uncle is usually a hero. He goes and lives into his uncle's house and his uncle, he promises him to give him a wife. He promises to give him Rebecca to wife. And he says, save me seven years and I'll give you, I'll give you my daughter to, to marry. So he saves his uncle. He, he works for his uncle. He saves him seven years. And on the night in, on which he was supposed to, to be given his wife, guess what? What he did to his brother, it was done to him. He was defrauded and he was given the older sister Leah. He wakes up in the morning and he says, this is not what I bargained for. This is not what I, this is not what I saved you for. And he says, in our culture, we don't give out the, the youngest before the eldest. So fulfill a week and then we'll give you Rachel and you save me seven years for Rachel. The Bible says he saved again seven years, but the seven years went like a few days because he loved her so much. Now he stays with his, with his uncle. He saves his uncle. His uncle was his hero. Now sometimes when we read this scripture, when we read this portion of scripture, we come to a point where Jacob would say, Laban has changed my wages a thousand times. And then we, thought, we start to think that Laban was evil. We start to think that Laban was, a, a, was, was from the pit of hell. But not really. Laban was playing a very important, he played a very important role to what Israel is today. If Laban did not give, now I want you to look at this. If Laban had not given Jacob Leah first, do you know that Jacob would have only had two sons? They wouldn't have been the tribe of Israel. 
God orchestrated it that even when he was being defrauded, when he was being cheated, God had a plan to make a tribe of Israel with two, with 12 tribe, a 12th tribe of Israel. So he comes to he comes he comes to a point where now he's given his second wife and he saves his uncle again. But in verse 20, the Bible says he comes to his uncle and says, Send me away, for now I have saved you. You have increased from the day I came here. You have you, you, you have had a lot of success from the day I came here. Now send me away. When shall I provide for my own household? When can I become more than what I am today? When can I become more than what? When can I become that which God has called me to be? Because I am living under your shadow. I am saving you. You have prospered. But this is not where God has called me to be. I have an appointment with God at last. I have an appointment with God at Bethel where I promised him that I will come back this way and give you a tenth. But I don't have the tenth to give God. God, what I have promised him to, to, to give him. Sometimes you're stuck in a place like that where you know, you know very well for sure that God has called me to something. God has called me to more, but I am not there yet. I am not there where God wants me to be. I am stuck in this moment. I am stuck in this moment where I am, I, I feel helpless. Now it didn't matter where, 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 where Jacob had come from. God, God was not worried about what Jacob, God did an appointment. If you follow the, the story, Jacob would go back and he would meet with God again. He would wrestle with God to a point where God changes his name. He knew that he was more than what he was at that moment. He knew that he was more than, it didn't matter that he was coming from a, a broken background. God does not care whether you come from a broken background. You could come from, from nothing. You could come, your name could be, you, your name could be failure from the, from the town of Loserville. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. God knows where you are going. God knows where he wants you to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter how you grew up. For, 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 for myself, you, you, you would have to know me to believe me. You have to know where I come from to believe me. I come from nothing. I come from a brokenness. I come from rejection. I come from abandonment. But I knew, I know God has called me for more. I know that even when I've, I felt abandoned, but God has not abandoned me. You may be feeling like that in that moment where you feel everyone else is looking at other things. They are looking at other people. I was that kind of person who was never chosen in a team. You know when people see we are playing sport and people stand up and pick up whoever they wanted. I would fall by default to wherever because I was never chosen first. I wasn't athletic. I wasn't, I wasn't that good looking. I wasn't, there wasn't anything that, that was appealing. But then God got so beyond that. God so way beyond what I was seeing in myself. I, I didn't think anyone could love me. But then the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He, he chose me 
of all things, he chose me. He chose to call me by his name. He chose to put his spirit inside of me. He chose to put himself inside of me. So this is what God is calling us to be. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you have made. It doesn't matter how much you have disobeyed him, but God is still calling you for more. He's still calling out. He knows there's more of you. It doesn't matter how many times he has called you and you have not heard him. Sometimes he may call you and you do not hear him, but God will keep on calling you until you hear him. Go to the stone of Samuel. You hear that because he has never heard God before. God calls him and he goes and answers to, to, to Eli and he says, I have not called you. Does God keep quiet because he didn't hear him? No, God comes again and he says, Samuel, Samuel. He wakes up again and goes to Eli. Have you called me? Eli says, no, he goes back. God comes back and calls him again. How many times is God calling you? Sometimes God calls you over and over again. But he's not going to give up on you. God will keep on calling you. You know, I remember the days where we didn't have the, the caller ID, where you would call on the landline. But if I called my wife on the landline and she picks up and I say, hey, she doesn't say, who is it? I wouldn't say it's Robert and she says, Robert, who? She knows who I am. She knows my voice because we are intimate. She knows who I am. If I say, hey, she says, hey, they, what's up? Same as God, when God calls you, when, God, when you hear God's voice, when God says, hey, you say, God, hey, what's up? Because I know I'm not mistaking you for other voices. I'm not mistaking you for, 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 for voices of alcohol and drugs. I know when God is talking to me, it's not, it's, it's, it's not other voices. For the Bible says, for my sheep know my voice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My sheep knows my voice. God knows when you know him, when you have a relationship with him, when you have a relationship with God, you spend time with him. You hear him when he speaks. In the middle of the night, you know, this is not just P that is waking me up. This is God waking me up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You may mistake it for something, but you know that if God is keeping, if God keeps waking, all right, let me say this. If P wakes you up at 3.47 every morning, every morning 3.47, then you should know that this is not P. <laughs> There's more to this than just P. There's, God is trying to tell me something. I want you to stop and think if it is like that every time there's a reason. There is a reason, and, and let me explain this to you. Three o'clock in the morning is where the watch changes. This is the watch of the first watch of the morning is 3 a.m. There is a time, there is a reason. A lot of people die around 3 a.m. A lot of children are born around 3 a.m. There is a reason why you wake up at such a time. It's God calling you to prayer. It's God calling you to intercession. It's God calling you to meditation. It's God calling you to listen and to hear and say, instead of cursing and turning and tossing in your bed and thinking, what the hell, why have I woken up again tonight? But it's time for you to slow down, slow your mind down and think, God, what are you saying to me? God, what are you calling me to? God, what are you pushing me? into because God has called us for more. There is no one who was called to be just a spectator in the kingdom. There is no one who was just called to come here and sit and listen to a black man preach every Sunday or whenever I get a chance. We are called for more. We are called to become participants in the kingdom. We are called to become more even in our prayer. We are called to become intercessors. Amen. 
Sometimes you think my prayer is only it doesn't go far, but I tell you, you are anointed to pray to a point that you change the course of a nation. Oh, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear. You are called to prayer, to grow your prayer life to a point where when you stand up, when you pray, when you shake the heavens, the course of a nation will change. The course of your family will change. The course of your company will change. The course of the business you are working for will change because of what you are called for. Jacob says, when shall I provide for my own household? I want to say to you today, the company that you are working for, you may be upset with them. You may be, you may be angry that they are changing your wages. You may be angry that they are not changing your wages. But I want to tell you that your God has put you there for a reason. This is a stepping stone. God has put you there as a stepping stone. But God is calling you to more. God is calling you to more than where you are right now. Sometimes you complain about your boss. Like Jacob was complaining about his uncle, his boss. But God knows that even if he defrauds you, God knows that by him by, 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 by him letting you into his household God is propelling you are you hearing what I'm saying today God is propelling you through work. the company that you're working for right now start looking at it in a different eye start, start looking where you are with a different eye and say God why have you brought me here I did not just come here by accident Probably your dad worked for that company and you inherited his job. It doesn't matter. But God is much, much more for you. God is much more, more for awakened city. God is much more for us than where we are right now. God is much more for us than where we are right now. When we sing, we do not want to keep on winding and cranking it up. And, and then we have a breakthrough on the last song. But we want to get a breakthrough right there when we start. Because we are coming with the idea. We are coming with the knowledge that we are more than what we are today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't wait until, you know, we, we, we're at the, towards the end that we crank up every time. Crank up until Pastor Chris stands up. Let's go back again into it. Let's go back again into it. But let's, have, let's develop a culture. Let us develop a culture, a mindset that say, the moment I walk through that door, I bring God's glory. The moment I walk right in here, I'm carrying God on my shoulders. I have a responsibility as a worshiper. I have a responsibility as a person, as a, as a Christian to bring God's presence. I'm not going to wait for a worship team to bring God's presence. I come with God's presence. The Bible says, I am the temple of the spirit of the most high God. So if he is living in me, I don't need an exterior factor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I do not need an exterior factor to bring the presence of God because I carry him. He wears me like a jacket. Oh, this is this is this is the thing. This is the thing. We we cannot go on year after year. We start off well. We start off excited, and then it dies down during the year. But let us keep our eyes forward. I am called for more. Today should be better than it was yesterday. Next day should be better than what it was today. I am called for more. My prayer should be more. My worship should be more. The way I read the Bible should be more. The way I understand should be more. The way I speak should be more. The way I bless people should be more. The way I talk people instead of cursing them, I should start blessing them. 
Do you know, I'll tell you the way the ego works. An ego and a snake. Those are eternal enemies. When the ego wants to attack a snake, it'll pick it up. Take it up high. Drop it and then catches it again. Why does the ego do that? Because the ego knows that on the ground the snake is in his turf. The snake is more powerful on the ground than it is in the air. And the ego knows that it is more powerful in the air than it is on the ground. Why are you fighting the snake on the ground? You should rise up above the snake. You should take it out of your tail, out of his step into another dimension. Come on, yo. When you are, don't, don't get lowered to people that just want to bring you down. You get excited on Sunday and tomorrow morning, the very first person you deal with at work will bring you down to the ground like a snake and you fight them on the ground. Come, come, come with a different attitude this week. When you come, come back into that job, say, I'm not fighting snakes on the ground. I'm going to take them up higher to my level because I operate better in the, in, in, I, I operate better off the ground. When they curse you, instead of cursing them back, you say, I pray for them. God, they know not what they are doing. I pray that they become Christians. I pray that when they go to sleep, they see visions of you. I pray that this atheist that I work with, give him a revelation that God does exist. Give him a revelation of who God is. We are all preachers in our right. We are all evangelists. Nobody here has no gift of evangelism. We can preach to people. We are, not, we are not all called to the microphone. I understand that. But we all have a voice. We all have a life that we live, that we live which preaches the word to people. The way, we, the way you live, who preach to your neighbor. The way you live, who preach to your colleague. The way you live, who just, just love on them. I've got, there's a, there's, a, there's a guy that works for me. He was supposed to have come to church with me last week. He was supposed to have come to church with me today. But he's coming. I, 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 have, I was talking to him yesterday and I was saying, I actually see you singing in the praise and worship in church. I, I see more in him. He makes mistakes. Many people have told me to fire him. So many times, even the clients have told me to fire him. But I will not fire him. I see more in him than anyone else does. I see that this is a, this man, there is something in him that God has put in him that other people do not see. And I will not fire him for that reason. He makes mistakes, I forgive him for those mistakes. I, I, talk, I sit down with him, I tell him I'm not happy but I'm not going to fire you. That's how God, that's, that's, that's how we, 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 you know, and, and then he, he volunteered one day and said, I really should start coming to church. He's the one who started the conversation of, of coming to church. He said, I should really come to church with you. Because of the way that I've just treated him, the way that I've preached to him, I have never opened the Bible and spoken to him from the Bible, actually. It's just the way I treat him. I treat him as a man who I know is broken. He's got so many, he makes so many mistakes and I tell him that there's a reason why you're making all these mistakes. That's the way we preach to people. Sometimes we, 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 we as Pentecostals, we want to Bible bash them. Sometimes it doesn't work, they become resistant. But you just preach the way you live. Your life is the best sermon that you can ever preach. 
Sometimes we want to stand up here and wow the crowds by the way we preach. But I tell you the most effective one is the way we live. Just live a life that fears God. Just live a life that says, I am more than this. I am more than this. If you are prone to cursing people, just start thinking, I'm more than this. I am more than this. I'm called to bless people, not curse people. I am called to pray for people that are sick and they get healed, not to just curse them. Do you know how powerful words are? Sometimes, People will not even remember what you said to them. But they remember how they felt when you said it. I will explain it again. You say something nasty to someone. They won't even remember the words you said. But they know how they felt when you said those words. That's how powerful your words are. So be careful when you speak to people. Be be careful when you speak about and to your children. Be careful the words you use. Be careful the words you use for your company is struggling. The company you're working for is struggling because of the words that you keep on speaking to them. You know, Jacob said, when I came here, you had nothing. When I came here, but when when, when I came here, God blessed you because of me. God is blessing what the business you're working for because of you. And know that, know that God is being blessed because of you. But then you are called out for more. You are called out to become more than just an employee, more than just, you know, a a janitor at school. You are called to be more than just the, the job title that you have. You could be the same title, but you are more than that. Do you know sometimes the most powerful person is not the CEO? I remember I read a joke. Someone calls out to a company in the middle of the night and he says, uh, towards the end of business, and uh, the CEO answers the phone and he says, ah, okay, I'll call back when there's someone who knows what they are doing. Because he knew that the, C- the CEO will have no clue. Sometimes he's not the most important person. He makes the decisions, but the, the general employees are the best. One CEO was in the office late and he, he was trying to operate a machine. And an employee comes and says, ah, uh, he saw he, he couldn't do it. And he says, now nah, I'll help you. This is how it works. So he presses the button. So when he presses the button, the CEO says, I want 10 copies. But this was a, a shred that he was trying to operate. <laughs> you didn't get it. you get it next time. <laughs> Sometimes we are, we, are, we, 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 we are not where we want to be. But God has called us for more. I believe we are called for more in Rockingham. We may have all these empty chairs, but I know we are called for more. We may have short services, but I know we are called for more. We may have just a few songs that we sing, but I know when we sing those songs, heavens open up. The Bible says he inhabit the praises of his people. So the moment we sing, God is seated in our presence. God is seated in our praises. You should quit complaining because the Bible doesn't say he inhabits the complaints of his people. He inhabits the praises of his children. He inhabits the praises of, of Israel. Not the complaints of Israel. Not the bickering of Israel. He inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, I know, I know some, sometimes, sometimes we, we, we know we, we, we are hungry. We are hungry to see more and more of God. But sometimes you don't know what to do. You just sit there and say, I wish. I wish I could be like somebody else. I wish I could be more than what I am today. But I tell you, the Spirit of God is beckoning you.
He is calling you out to more. He is calling our church out to more. More in our prayer services. More. We want more intercessors who wake up in the morning and who pray and say, Lord, I'm not going to give this up until something happens. I'm not going to give up until I see a change in the youth. I'm not going to give up until I see a change in the men. I'm not going to give up until I see change in the women. People that can pray. You don't have to be the best one. You don't have to use the best word. You don't have to, 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 to speak the best English. My English is not the best, but I pray anyway. I speak anyway because I know that I've got more inside of me. The God I am praying to created the language. So even if I don't use it properly, he knows what I mean. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He knows where I am. He knows where I'm going. He created prayer. He created worship. So even if I don't sing like Fridge doesn't sing, God hears his heart. Are you hearing what I love standing next to Frigian? He doesn't care who is listening. He doesn't care who is next to him. I see Jen. Jen is making faces because Jen hears it. I know, I know. But the, the, the power of it is God created worship. God does not hear words. God smells. Right now I'm going to prophesy to you and say when you are praying, God is not listening to your words. God will smell your prayer. It's like incense. The Bible says our prayer is like incense. It comes before God as a sweet smell. Not as eloquent words, but as a sweet smell when we worship. When fridge goes out of tune, God smells a beautiful aroma. Because it is coming from the depth of his heart. I'm one of them. Me and Fridge, when we stand next together, you don't want us to hear us singing. But, when, but, but God is excited. Heaven is excited. Because we are bringing a sweet smell before God. We are bringing a sweet smell, a sweet savor before God. Some of you have got beautiful voices. The best voices ever. But have you ever sung a song? You know, the, 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 the worst thing that can happen to a church is where the audience are just standing there and people are performing. That's the worst thing that can ever happen to a church. Where the, there are only three people, four people singing here and everyone else is just standing there watching them. But we want, to, we want a church that sings louder than the people that are standing up here. Because we have more voices than the people that are... There are only four people standing up here, but there are 200 people there. We should be louder than the people up here because we know we are more powerful. We, there is power in us when we come together, when we worship God as a unity. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now I'll bring it to land. I'll get the, the, the worship team to come up. I am pretty excited about where we are going as a church. I'm expecting. Last week I said, I see our church giving $30,000 a week. I saw that last week and I mean it. To go a little bit further than that way, way Kama was talking this morning, I actually want to challenge you that put God on your budget. Don't just give whatever you have on a Sunday. Put God on your budget. Include God on your budget. Let God appear on your budget when you budget your money. And then you know, you know where we are going. If we get to a point like that, where each and every one of us has a part to play and say, I am fully invested in this thing. This is my church. This is not their church. 
So you, it doesn't matter what you do, you are not going to kick me out of this church because it's my church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is where we want to go as a church. This is where we, we want more and more for our children. We want to leave a legacy that when our children take over, they're not going to start off by cleaning up our mess. But they are going to build from where we have, our ceiling will be their foundation. They will continue building up higher, not to come back down and start digging the foundations again. Because we have laid a good foundation. And laying a good foundation is being a man, a father that hears God. To be a mother that hears God and that prays for their family. This is a good foundation that we are laying as a church. We know where our children are going, our grandchildren are going. It is going to be very scary in the coming years but then we lay a good foundation we build a good building for them and they will come and just continue where we, we have left off praise God thanks for listening to this message we hope it has blessed you if you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church visit awakencity.com.au